we have to be the leaders who explain, 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 and get buy-in because it's better for everyone. We can't hope to make change more acceptable unless we help people to understand how it's going to help them. Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, your host. I'm so glad you're here. Every Friday, we spend time going through one tool for your leadership tool belt. No more, no less, and it's just us. And this is time for you to grow. This is time for you to discover and recharge and just listen and consider ways that you can integrate this particular aspect of leadership into your leadership tool belt. And today we're going to illuminate something that is so important in leadership. We don't spend enough time thinking about how to frame change. The thing about change is it can be difficult for so many reasons. It can be difficult because it involves fear of the unknown. It involves a loss of comfort, familiarity. It involves a resistance people naturally have to change. Think about yourself. Think about myself. People don't feel that they have control when things are changing. All kinds of factors. The problem with that is that leadership is about change. In fact, if we don't need change, we don't need leaders. If you've heard the show, you might have heard me say this before. It's so critical. And so really the question is, how do we administer change? How do we live in a world that is constantly changing and make change work for the best for ourselves and our teams? And I see this all the time in my business, especially when I'm working on my accounting and advisory. People have change all the time. Some of it's expected, some of it's unexpected. Some of it's easy to navigate. Some of it is debilitating. It could be the loss of a job. It could be loss of a family member. It could be the change of a season. It could be the change of a schedule. All kinds of reasons. It could be children changing of their lives. It could be a divorce could be, I mean, there's so many different discussions around change. And we're going to dive into that on this show. We're going to dive into different kinds of change. We're going to talk a little bit about how we can navigate through change in both business and family life. So I'll start with a little story. I used to teach a class in uh, an undergraduate class on, on business management. And this was an adult class. They met at 6 to 10 o'clock, accelerated adult. So they were working all day. And the fifth session of an eight-session course was about change. And so I wanted to do an experiment because I'm crafty like that. And I asked the students when they first got to class if they could do me a favor and get all of their belongings and move to another seat. So I had this sort of system where they had to be two over laterally and one back or something like that anyway it couldn't be the next seat basically it had to be a different row in a different place and then as they moved i waited patiently and then i asked them how they felt and that got all kinds of different answers it's too cold it's too hot it's too close it's too far there is no outlet i don't want to be in your face just about every problem with the location and i asked well what could i have done differently to help you to navigate this change one nate you could have told us in advance why you're going to change okay that's good what else 
you could have said the reasoning. What's the rationale? Why are we doing this? Help us to know. That's good. Three, ask our input about the change. Do you agree with the change? What would you do differently about the change? And then I began to ask, how often do we do those things in a business or a family environment? How often do we vision cast, discuss the change, explain why it's important, get buy-in, get feedback, have conversations around it? You know, those are the ways that we can navigate through change well in advance instead of just shocking people with an instant change. Because change is difficult. You know, there's all kinds of reasons why people don't want to change. Here are some of them. One, fear of the unknown. You think about like in life, right? When we encounter something that is new, something that is unfamiliar, it's normal. It's common to feel uncertain, even anxious about what might happen. This is so important. So, you know, what we're doing is as a leader, we've got to put our, number one, ourselves in our followers' shoes. And number two, We've got to think about, well, maybe there's a reason why I feel anxious about this unknown in the future. Now, for some of us, new and unfamiliar is not anxiety-driven at all. For some of us, we love, we thrive, we live on new and unfamiliar. I'm one of them. I love new. I love just change. I used to change my office around like every month. I don't know if you've ever done that before or, or move things around my bedroom and change things and And possibly part of that's because I changed so much even as youth. We moved a lot. I went to one, two, three, four, five. I went to six high schools. So lots of change and I got used to change. I grew accustomed to it. But not everybody's like that. Because some people, many people, have a fear of what's new and unfamiliar. Another reason why people fear change is is it's a loss of familiarity and of comfort. You know, think about it. When we change, it often requires us to give up our habits, our routines, uh, even our relationships that we have grown accustomed to. And that can be emotionally challenging, just like that simple example of having the change in the classroom, right? Maybe there's some habits with students sitting in a certain spot, this routine, uh, maybe sitting and talking with somebody next to them. Now those relationships, they can't do that anymore, right? When we've grown accustomed to a specific pattern, it can be challenging for us. That's just natural. And some people prefer to maintain the status quo you know, because it's easier, it's safer, it's more comfortable than the alternatives. That's what we call a resistance to change, right? We can resist change because people prefer that status quo. And that's, there's nothing wrong with a desire to feel safe, that familiarity, comfort. You say, well, comfort's the enemy of progress. Dr. Nate, I thought you've said that many times. yes. There's nothing wrong with someone having a preference over of safety and comfort. Now, that doesn't mean that it's necessarily the correct pathway for us to grow and move, but it certainly does explain it. And of course, you know, people feel when they've changed, they feel as though they maybe they've lost control. Maybe they feel powerless, helpless. This happens especially when it's imposed upon us by external factors, you know, this lack of control. For example, when I made these students move, right? I was the authority. I was the educator. Now, they could have said no, but they're not going to say no because it's imposed upon them. I'm an external force, and they feel like, oh, well, I guess I just have to move, right? Sometimes we feel this way with the government when they impose a new tax or a new law. 
We don't, we feel a lack of control. Again, these are just reasons why change can be challenging. Now, another factor is that our cultural, our environmental factors, they shape our beliefs, our values. And then sometimes when we have to change, it can seem you know, impossible. Sometimes we think change is unnecessary, so we resist it. So when we're talking about all this, I want to make sure I frame all of these reasons why change can be challenging because we need to know them as leaders. We also need to know them when we're also making change in our own life if we have problems in any of these areas. So like in a business setting, change can have very practical implications to make it difficult to adjust quickly. You know, I what I like to do when I'm changing, when I am trying to navigate change, I am very specific about casting a vision far in advance, right? It's so important to be able to do that. And let's just talk about business. There's all different kinds of things happening in your business. You know, you might be in a position to where you are going to sell your business, right? A merger or an acquisition, right? It can be common, but it's, that would be disruptive to your employees. And if you're in that position right now, your employees might be feeling like, well, you know, there's uncertainty, right? What's my job security? What are my new roles? What are responsibilities? What challenges am I going to face with this new environment as a new, with new leadership, right? And as a leader, it's important for us to, number one, communicate. One of the most important rules of leadership, especially with change, is to communicate openly, regularly about, you know, why why we're selling, why we're merging, why we're acquiring, right? And how it's going to impact you, the employee. Take time to listen. Listen to your people's concerns, you know, and address them without, you know, callousness, but with empathy. You know, it's so important to create that shared sense of purpose and give a lot of clarity about your company values. And go, this happened to me. When I sold my paging and cell phone business way back in 2001, wow. And I had to prepare my team for that because there was going to be some changes. And I gave them several months to prepare as I moved into a new chapter. And I offered those employees to come with me to the next company if they didn't want to stay at this company. And of course, that was all in the agreement with the person that was purchasing the business. And the transition was very smooth. And we spent a lot of time in that conversation, right? It's so critical to communicate, communicate, and communicate. You say, Nate, could I over-communicate? You could, but there is a meter to that. And explaining what's happening, why it's happening, what the recourse is, what are the options, that creates a more plausible way to navigate change. And without a lot of the stress, there's still going to be stress there, but it reduces that. You know, technology changes in business. You know, when our technology changes, that can lead to many changes in the workplace. You know, you get new software, you have automation, you have, you know, who knows, robotics. You have AI, which is just really rolling into the mainstream. Even though these processes and systems can streamline your organization and they can improve the productivity, we've got to make sure that our teams are equipped for the change and understand the resources. In other words, we have to train them. We have to give them the tools to adapt. And we have to create a supporting environment where leaders can help the employee embrace new technology more easily. In fact, I was just having this conversation with one of my team members, and we were talking about just that, AI, and utilizing AI to scan documents 
so that we can codify some of my talks. In other words, my transcripts from some of these podcasts to organize them more efficiently. And so this is a technological change. So I had to have a conversation. I said, look, I want to show you what I've been working on. And it's super cool. It's going to streamline it so that you can do more and more quickly. It's like an assistant. And so you can, did you hear that? Did you hear me explaining why it's better? Because the first inclination would be like, well, is this thing going to take my job? Right? So what did I say? It's an assistant for you. It's going to help you and it's going to help me. And then giving that person opportunity to begin to digest it, train them, give them the tools, let them take it for a spin. And I got an email not long after this employee started working on a project utilizing this new tool saying that they loved it, right? Look, change can be embraced. We have to be the leaders who explain, 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 and get buy-in because it's better for everyone. And so we can't hope to make change more acceptable unless we help people to understand how it's going to help them. You say, Nate, sometimes change isn't going to help all my people. Well, then you need to be honest about that. Because sometimes if you're in a restructuring, for example, and there's changing priorities and employees know, you explain to employees, there's going to be some change and maybe perhaps some people won't be here. Some employees are just going to feel unsettled. They're going to wonder about their job security. I mean, especially if they, if they lack clarity about the future of the organization and how they fit in it. We need to be the ones providing those updates that are transparent and honest And I think the teams should be involved in that transition process, in meetings, asking them for input on projects, I mean, providing ways for them to give feedback. And you say, Nate, I mean, some people are just going to be gone through this change. You'd be honest. Say, well, if they leave, then I'm going to be left in a hole. Oh, okay. So it's really about you. No, Nate, it's not about me. It's about the mission. Oh, okay. And the values. Okay. Well, if you don't value honesty in your organization, Those people don't need to be working for you anyway. They need to go work for a company that has ethics. That's a harsh thing to say. I know it might sound like that, but we want to be people who will help all our people. When we have people who commit to working for us and with us, that relationship then is a relationship that requires us to walk in integrity. And no matter what happens, these individuals are stakeholders. And we have to maintain our ability to take care of them while they're in our organization. And that means telling them the truth. Because sometimes if the change means that they won't be there, they need to tell their families. They need to make changes themselves. They need to start looking. It's only fair for us to be honest with them. Now, what about in a family? Family change happens all the time. Sometimes they're really difficult. For example, I had mentioned earlier, Family change could be involved navigating through perhaps a divorce. That's really difficult, tough. I come from a divorced family, and that was very difficult for me to understand why I couldn't live with both my parents. And there's ways to navigate through that. And I don't have all the answers there, but I know that some of the same principles apply. Having conversations, providing reassurance, supporting open discussion, reasons for the change, what we hope to achieve, right? Perhaps it's not so drastic. Maybe it's just moving to a new home, which could also be drastic, especially for children and adults too. And, you know, children, when it's possible, 
we should speak to them by both parents, right? So that we can understand them better and uh, we can give them an opportunity to ask questions, pose their doubts, express their emotions, you know, listen actively and back to that empathy. We cannot have be over empathetic. We have to help and support our family through these kind of changes. There's all kinds of ways people change. You know, kids sometimes just going to a new school or a new grade is a change, right? New friends. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why we need to support and be a part of their journey. Again, it starts with long-term vision casting. It starts with having an open door to just say, look, I know this isn't going to be easy and we don't have all the answers. We'll do it together. Just saying that I'm here for you. That works wonders. I mean, and I learned that a long time ago. I'm not going to have all the answers. I just know that when I have a situation, I'm going to try to manage expectations because sometimes we fall short. You know, we've got to build our own resilience as leaders to serve as role models for everyone else. And my own confidence, even though I don't have all the answers, can be energizing for my followers, right? I don't have to have all the answers, but I have to believe that my focus, my commitment, my resilience, that's transferable. That's contagious, right? And when we utilize those pieces along with the strategies that involve explaining why, right? Vision casting, providing as much information as possible, listening actively, and treating our people like partners by involving them in the process of change. It can help all of us provide the motivation, the courage to accept the change, integrate it for everyone that's part of the transition process. I tend to look at it from an engagement perspective, like we are going to overcome this. We are in a state of transition that is part of the adventure and we will master it. We will not be miserable. We will engage. We will not burn out. We will overcome and achieve, and we will do this together. That's the power of change that is contagiously adapted so that we can all overcome. And that, my friend, is a little bit about change and how to navigate through it. I am so thrilled that you join me on this episode. So if you're in a state of change, know that it's okay to feel all of those challenges, the sphere of the unknown, the loss of the comfort and the familiarity, uh, the lack of control, having a resistance. I understand that. However, we can grapple onto that change because it's been said that the greatest leaders are those most adept at creating change. And I think it was Mandela said that change is the only constant life. And to lead effectively, we must embrace it and adapt quickly. So that's about change. Change is always among us. And let's not run from it. Let's find a way through change to master our obstacles, to not surrender to our context, but to take it on and to grow and learn through it. Well, my friend, thank you for joining me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. If you've been listening, you've probably heard me talk about our accounting and advisory business. And this show was actually born out of that 
business, those relationships, I found that entrepreneurs and professionals were missing aspects of their leadership that fed into their bottom line and helped their businesses be successful. So I'm so thankful that I've had all those years in that area to feed into this. And the truth is that so many people still need accounting and advisory help and they don't know where to go. If you're in that place where you feel, oh my goodness, my tax person or my accountant, I can't find them, or maybe the service wasn't up to my expectations, do not despair. I'll leave how you can find us in the show notes, and one of my team members can do some discovery and help you along your journey. You're not alone, my friend. You always have help. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. Can't wait to see you on the next show of A Call to Leadership.